May the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We all do it. We forget things, don't we? Some of us are better at forgetting things than others are. Um, we, we, don't, we don't forget everything. We just forget some things. We, we remember important things like birthdays and anniversaries. We remember stuff from you know college and graduate school in the second grade. I can still count to ten in Spanish. I learned to do it in the second grade when these uh, teaching students came and just taught us a little bit. They did a week of, of Spanish learning. They taught us how to count to ten, and I can still do it to this day. Um, don't think I've ever needed it, except, you know, like Cinco de Mayo or something like that. There are very few times where I need it, but it somehow stuck in my brain. We can remember simple things. Um, when I was a professor, I used to have um, these classes, 50 students or, or, or more in a, in a class, and I would ask them, how many of you can tell me from memory five or more phone numbers that are in your phone? Not a single student in all the years I taught could give me five phone numbers that they had by memory. If you're over 40 years old, you probably remember your phone number in high school, don't you? you did, the other day I was, uh, I was talking to Frank, he, you know, where is he? He, he, he gave me his, uh, his serial number from, uh, from, uh, from the army. I, like, they remember this from years and years ago. Um, these things that stick in our brain and we remember because it's long-term memory. We stored it knowing we would need it, and so we held on to it. But when you don't need it, when you have auxiliary memory, you can just pull it out of your pocket or your purse or whatever, there's no need to remember those things. And so we could quit using that part of our brains. I actually, just as, this is an aside, doesn't cost you any extra this week. I think that's a real problem in our culture, that we're forgetting to use our brains. And uh, we rely so much on technology that the technology that was given to us by God ceases to be uh, functioning and working. But I, now I digress. Back to my, my point. There's other kinds of memory, and it's called short-term memory. Short-term memory is that sort of thing that you remember for just a moment. You know you don't need it for a long time. You just need a brief window of, of time. And if you're given that short-term memory, you'll, you'll recall it. So my wife might say to me, your spouse might say to you, somebody might say to you, we need milk, eggs, and bread at the store. Could you go get that? This frequently happens around our house. And I say, of course, like a dutiful husband, Honey, I'd be happy to. Be right back. And I jump in my car and I drive to the Acme. And all the way to the Acme, I'm thinking, milk, eggs, bread, milk, eggs, bread, milk, eggs, bread. Three things. I just need three things. And I walk in and I'm like, Oreos on sale. My goodness. And, and there are peaches that will balance the Oreos as like a healthy alternative. And, and then it, I, I see the cheese section and I'm thinking, Gouda. When's the last time we had Gouda at home? We need some Gouda, you know. And, and then it turns into crackers that goes with a Gouda and a nice white wine. And before you know it, I have $100 worth of groceries, and I go home, and I don't have milk, eggs, or bread, you know? You had one job, Joe. You had one thing to do. Just a simple little list. You couldn't remember that? Well, anybody here do this besides me? All right, good. I'm glad to know I went alone. The rest of you are all liars. Um, and, and you know what happens? We get distracted. We do. We, we had great intentions. And then those stinking Oreos jump out in front of us. And, you know, they, they fall off of the shelf. And 
There are times though when you can't get distracted, where you have to remember the task at hand. I read about this rock star who uh, didn't read his contract closely, and so he didn't get paid royalties on the songs that were downloaded on the internet. And this song has now downloaded 20 million times. If he only got 50 cents off of each one, it would be 10 million dollars. Just you know, not paying attention, being distracted. What happens when we drive, right? We have to pay attention. You got to pay attention to the street signs and the traffic signals and and so on. When I was 17, I remember driving down the road and I was fiddling with my radio. You know, you know how you do. You're looking up and and this was back in the day when the dial kind of moved across, I think. And so I'm I'm trying to tune in a station and I didn't see a car run a a stop sign and I just hit it straight in T-bone kind of section. Fortunately, nobody was hurt. There are times when you gotta pay attention. You can't get distracted. You have to keep your eye on the ball, as they say in sports metaphors. You you have to be aware. Remember what's important. When you're driving, the radio is not important. Seems like it might be, but it's not. Pay attention. If you were reading Luke's Gospel and paying close attention throughout these last several um, months, uh, there have been several time, uh, lots of times where Jesus has been answering his critics. He's, um, he's answering the Pharisees and the scribes. He, he has these, um, these people who are, who are questioning him and criticizing him, and, and he spends a long time detailing his answers. And today we shift. There's this movement. No longer is Jesus answering his critics, his rivals, He begins to talk to his friends. The lectionary didn't include the first four verses. Let me read it for you from Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. Jesus says to his disciples, you hear that, this direction, occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. If there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. This is the context with which we get the gospel lesson today. Jesus says several things are going to happen. There are going to be occasions for stumbling, scandala. Scandals are going to, they're going to come along. They're going to cause someone to, to gather offense. You're thinking to yourself, he was right about that. <laughs> Serious predictive prophecy right there. Scandals will come along. But woe to you if you cause one of these little ones, which might be children, little children, and it also might be those who are young in faith, those who are new to the faith. When you bring harm to those, this is a serious offense. He concludes then, you should forgive Everyone who sins against you, if they come and repent, even if they do it seven times in a day. This is the context that we get this passage. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He says this, here are the things that are going to happen. Scandals, um, you know, woe to you if you harm someone, forgive people when they sin against you. The apostles say, Lord, increase our faith. Help us out. We need more faith. Give us more faith. This is a way of saying, um, I can't do this. I can't live this way. We, we need more faith to be able, especially that last part, right? Forgive people seven times in a day if they do so. 
Lord, increase our faith. What does Jesus say in response to them? If you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed. <laughs> if you had faith like a tiny, tiny little mustard seed. This, you know what they look like, right? Like a, almost like a, like a flea. You know, it's so small. It, it's a tiny little. If you just had faith like that, that little dinky seed. You could say to this big mulberry tree, he says, go into the sea and it'd be cast into the sea. In Matthew and Mark, you could say to a mountain. I think Jesus was often saying this. If you had faith like this, you could do that. If you had faith like this, you could do that. I think this is why it's a, it's a, a variation in, in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you just had a little bit of faith, just a tiny, proverbial, tiny, seed-like faith, you could do great things. When you think the task is too big, it's not. Parents do this stuff with their children all the time, don't they? Whether it's sports or academics or theater or music and the kid says I can't do this and you say but you can you can do this yes you can Lord how are we supposed to live like this how are we supposed to not hurt somebody on the one hand and forgive them on the other when they hurt us I mean I hurt people just by breathing sometimes, I think. You know, how, do, how do we avoid doing this? How do we live like this? Give us more faith. And Jesus' answer is you don't need more faith. Just use the tiny little bit you already have. Now hold that in one pocket and let's listen to the parable in the, in the other half. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come from the field, Come at once and recline at the table. Will you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me, dress properly, and serve me while I eat, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Suppose you hire somebody to clean your home and to cook dinner. Maybe you're having a big dinner, you hire a person to come over and, and she or he cleans and they cook and they get the house ready and they serve the dinner and you pay them their, their salary that you had agreed to and you might even say, well done, appreciate it, have a good night. You don't send a thank you note next week, do you? You know, <laughs> you know why? Because they, you guys do. I know, what am I saying? Of course you do. Other people don't. You know, they, they, it's what you, what you were supposed to do. We get off of an airplane and we don't say, imagine that, the pilot actually brought us to Cleveland. You know, I, I thought maybe he might drop us in Tucson. Who knew where we were going? No, you bought a ticket to Cleveland. They're going to bring you to Cleveland. People don't get out of a restaurant and say, you know what? They fed us and did the dishes. Can you believe it? Yeah, you paid them to do it. That was their job. That's exactly what they were supposed to do. Supermarket. They bought and sold us milk. Put it in a bag. Can you? Yes, that's what they were supposed to do. It was their job. Oh, you said, Joe, you belabored the point. What is it? <laughs> you know what it is. Lord, how can we live like this? Just use a little bit of faith you have. And when you do it, don't pat yourself on the back. It's not a great thing. You haven't accomplished a major thing. You've only done the very minimum. Forgive people. And don't count yourself as a saint. <laughs> you are supposed to forgive them. Don't hurt people. 
Don't reward yourself. You weren't supposed to hurt them. Mother Teresa was asked a question while she was still alive. They say that the church is going to make you a saint when you, when you die. What do you think about this? Her answer to this reporter was just spot on. She was straight at him. She says, God's requirements for me are no different than God's requirements for you. He calls all of us to holiness. Wow. <laughs> we should all be saints. There is no second forgiveness, kindness, considering the needs of others, not Herculean tasks. The basic building blocks of following Jesus. And all they require is the tiniest bit of faith. This is about as contemporary as it gets. I mean, Jesus said this 2,000 years ago. It hits us right here, doesn't it? This is husbands and wives. This is neighbors. This is everyday stuff. This is people who work together, colleagues. Jesus says, if they offend you seven times, this is a great uh, Semitic idiom. We, we lose it. We, we, we count. We're like, oh, he said seven times. That person's been a jerk at least eight. I'm done, right? <laughs> so we're done. That's not the way the idiom works in Hebrew. When, when he says seven times, it's, it's about completion. It's a fullness number. It's, it's when, here's how we would say it, when they get on your last nerve. That's our idiom, isn't it? I've had it with her. That's what we say. That's, we have a quantity. Seven times a day, same thing. Just continually, what do you do? You forgive. You forgive your boss. I know. I've had them too. I have one now. You, you, forget, you forgive the snotty stalker mom who always has a passive-aggressive comment. I don't know if you've ever met her. Or the misogynist barista. I don't really know any misogynist baristas, but I'm sure there are some. You forget, you forgive the employee who steals your paper clips. You know they're doing it and you haven't caught them yet. Your neighbor who thinks he owns your driveway, the vendors who leave a mess at your work, the nerd who always ruins the great conversation at the water cooler. You forgive all of them. All of them. And when we do, we don't think that we've done a great thing. We don't congratulate ourselves. We've just done the very minimum. And so it is, we all forget things, don't we? We forget phone numbers, we forget appointments, we forget all kinds of stuff. We forget to answer that important email or return that phone call. We all get distracted. But following Jesus has certain obligations. And it doesn't take a lot of faith to fulfill them, just the tiniest little bit. And we better not get distracted. Because this is important. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.